Bad timing, right? Let's yeah, start that, with that. that Let's have fun with that. It's possibly the worst start to a new year I've ever had. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> okay. SEO is AO. Welcome to the show, Jono Alderson. Amazing. Good to be back. Yeah, you've had that one before. I have. It was a treat last time and even better this time. Oh, even better. Brilliant. <laughs> Am I getting better at well, singing? Well, you've, you've had practice since then. You've done a few of these. So. <laughs> singing the same song over and over and over and over. Yes, I've yeah. had practice. You should just record that bit. And no, no, no. It's nice that it's nice that it's live and on the fly. Yeah. And and the last six months, we've talked more. We know each other a bit better. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, um, you live in York. Yep. So I'm good at that. <laughs> and you you come from Leeds originally, so we're, we're almost bedmates. Yeah, and you did something in Leeds. Did I? Yeah, you had a job in Oh, yeah, I worked there, for, worked there for five years, day in, day out, <laughs> travelled every day. Now, I worked at an agency called uh, 26, who um, were a really good time, um, and I was very lucky to be there, right place, right time, big part of my career. So. And then you were at Distilled, which I didn't know at all. Yeah, I was at Linkdex before that, so I did um, 26 to Linkdex to Distilled. Did a good year and a half at Distilled. That was a long-time dream, um, really amazing time, incredible people. Um, but now, now dream jobs come yeah. and caught me, so... Yeah, so hang on, so you went from your dream job to your double dream job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Yoast is phenomenal. I mean, we've been here for three, or I've been here for three days. It's brilliant, brilliant It's place. insane. And I, yeah, I, I, I lack the vocabulary to describe how incredible it is. And if I did have it, nobody would believe me. It's just astoundingly friendly and innovative and impactful. And everybody's lovely. And the job is a dream. I just turn up and do stuff and have opinions and hope no one fires me. It's great. It's brilliant. I mean, we were talking. I was going, actually, wow, uh, hats off to you guys. I can't see, hum as a, from a human point of view, you, Yoast, and everybody who works here, or from an intellectual point of view, or from kind of a point of view of the world, I can't see anything I don't like. <laughs> and that's, that's really, I, I've never, ever, ever had a real job. <laughs> and this is the first time in my life I've thought, yeah, well, maybe, maybe I could Maybe that's right. Wow. <laughs> and it is brilliant. So, I mean, so your job at Yoast is turn up and think of something fun to do. No, yeah, interesting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fun, some, fun, somewhere in between because, yeah, fun, fun and interesting and something that um, like we want to be innovating on what SEO looks like. We want to be helping circa 10 million website owners improve their stuff without having to think about it. And all of that is fun and interesting. It's how do we push forward the technologies which power a third of the web? It's what are the clever things we can play with? What can we, what can we do uniquely that other people aren't in a position to do? And I know from years of working in agencies with clients, you have such big ideas and grand strategies and things you want to achieve and you're bound by time and money and resource and you get stuck in a rut where you do what you need to do to survive the day. And here I have completely the opposite. Brilliant. I have We have a canvas of the whole web and all of the resource and motivation to shape it how we want to. What do we do? And answering that bit is a big part of my job and that's amazing. That's brilliant. And, and, and you get this thing, I can do anything, what shall I do? Yeah is a really difficult question to answer because there are so many possibilities and you have to choose one. Yeah. And you chose schema markup. Yeah, yeah, that was most the most boring bit. thing in the entire universe. <laughs> yeah, well it's uh, yeah, it was like but last you love November. It. Well, I do now because now it's now I'm so deeply ingrained in it. It's such a, a fascinating set of jigsaws that interlock with other jigsaws and nobody I think has a really good example or answer for how this should work. So a huge amount of it is 
really interrogating it, and it's as much philosophical as it is technical. And you've got to determine what are the relationships with these things and what happens in this edge case and how should this all behave. And yeah, I'm swimming in that logic. And it, yeah, it started out last November, I thought, I'm not quite happy with this bit of how we, how we output our schema, maybe we yeah. could do better. And then that's just consumed me, so. But then I, mean, I was talking to Omar earlier on, uh, and he's saying, you know, I've, I'm a CTO who's got a philosophical approach. Yep. Uh, and I, I agree with you guys. Having a philosophical approach allows you to understand the, the bigger picture and then actually implement the, the, the details. Uh, and you're saying, for example, with Schema Market, you're saying, how can we do this at scale? And uh, I remember from the other night, it was 14% of the web. Has yeah, something like that. And they're all running the schema logic that I've defined, which is... <laughs> I can't comprehend that. It's astounding. But I also know I'm not happy with it. I know there are... So because there's no good rules and definitions for how this stuff works and how it should be done at scale, we've made decisions of we've gone about what we think is the best way to do it. And now in hindsight, I can see better ways to do it. None of it's wrong, but there are things we can do better. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. So I'm... And, and it's quite hard for us to retrofit because we know that oh, right, we've yeah. got to roll this code out and hope that people update and some people don't. So there's a real pressure that... When we ship this kind of stuff, it has to be the best it can be. But obviously, you iterate, you improve, and you go over it. So. Yeah, and you've got that whole thing is a phenomenal number of websites using it. Yep. Some update, some don't. You've got to be backwards compatible to I've I've got no idea what version. Um, uh, and people people will slam you yes. if it doesn't work. But occasionally, we've had issues like that. We've fixed it quickly, but because of the nature of the beast, Either you don't update, in which case you're running bad code, or you update immediately, and then you've potentially got other issues. So it's a hard Yeah, you update, and it breaks your site, and then you complain yep. at Yoast about it. And of course, the other component is we're playing alongside a whole bunch of other plugins and WordPress itself. And many of those other plugins are increasingly building on and integrating with our schema and yeah. my, my spec, which is awesome. Like, there's a recipe plugin out there who does their own thing entirely. You build your recipes, and when you publish your page, it integrates with our schema to make one cohesive graph and just build on it. So we're increasingly becoming this foundational component, which means we really can't break it. But we also need to, if we, as we iterate and change the spec, we need to remain backwards compatible, which means there's all this extra dimensionality to it. It's not just jigsaws within jigsaws. It's also jigsaws through time, which is... And you need to remain compatible with all the websites, but also all the plugins, all the people who have, if I may say so, built rubbish code on yep. top of what you've yep. done. Uh, and if it breaks, they will blame you, and you end up with this shitstorm. Yeah, so it's, it's on the surface, looks quite simple. I mean, we've done some clever stuff, um, but it looks quite straightforward. Even actually. though you say so yourself. <laughs> well, no, like the, so the, I, think the, the, I think it's clever. Sorry, I'm with you. I think we did one clever thing, which was we created a single coherent graph, whereas other people I was going to say exactly bits. that. You guys came up with a graph, <clears> and I saw that, and I went, wow, where's that coming from? And it's Brilliant. Yeah, it's, and that's the foundation of it, is that it allows everything to stitch together rather than trying to build this complex tree. You just go, no, there are lots of bits and have relationships. And that feels much closer to what Jason LD is trying to achieve. It's, it's linked data, just in smaller pieces. I think I'm going to change my name. <laughs> I'm going to be Mr. LD. Oh, nice, nice. You, could, you, you, would get, you would do so. That's how you win brand search, right, isn't it? <laughs> I think I the terrain's taken, sadly, but yeah, you could, you brilliant, could try sure. that. But, I mean, and, and so it is kind of this, and, and it is that idea of blocks once again, I and mean, we've yep. talked about it a lot, and you're going, I've got this graph, and I've got these blocks, and I can actually separate them out, put them individually, but I can also put them all together. Yes, absolutely, and it doesn't matter what order and they're in. And is that in, that really matter. genius, simple idea? Yes, 
Yeah, but also to make that, um, to design the internal APIs and logic that we have to allow that to integrate with other people's plugins, to allow it to integrate with other themes, to understand what happens if this is a how-to guide on a product page written by an author with comments, how do all of those bits integrate and what's the logic? And then what happens if this author wants to be anonymous? How do you tweak that bit oh. without breaking the connections of all the other bits? And the whole thing is recursive and every bit needs to know about every other bit. It's fantastically complicated underneath the hood. How but it do just you works. sleep at night? I don't. I think about this. <laughs> I, I climb into bed and I think, what if we just changed how the ID structure worked on that breadcrumb system? Wake up in the morning, try it, reset it, change it, revise it. But is, does it also come into your dreams? I, not quite yet, thankfully. Like, I, it's, it's so abstract, right? It's like, how, how do these relationships between things work? But thankfully, it's not giving me nightmares, but it certainly consumes a lot of headspace. Yeah, well, I, I, got, I got right off on the idea last year about schema markup being a kind of representation of the knowledge graph mm -hmm. of uh, entities with attributes and relationships, and each nested element is a relationship to another entity. Yep. Um, and I don't know how far that flies. How does it fly? Because I, mean, I just thought, oh, wow, great. And I, I was talking to Aaron Bradley about it. I mean, I don't think these, th these things all the way through, and I don't know enough about it. Does that fly all the way, or is it? So there's, there's a bit of a chicken and an egg problem. So Schema's not new, and Schema.org and JSONLD have been around for a long time. Like Schema.org was founded in 2011. Okay. <clears throat> um, but because the search engines weren't doing a huge amount with it and there were other competing standards and there wasn't really an incentive, um, nobody really adopted it. And they certainly didn't do it to the scale or complexity that we're doing. It's only very recently that Google have started going, if you add this structured markup for your recipe, for your job posting, for mm. your local business, whatever, then suddenly you get an immediate return of these super rich interactive cards. And I think part of what's changed there is really they are relying on the schema.markup as a, an integral part of their understanding of the knowledge graph. And I think historically, maybe they were a little bit separate okay. and it was uh, contributing maybe an extra hint as to what was valid and right. And now it's a core component and it's becoming the singular version of the truth. Yeah, okay. So I mean, sorry, I gave a presentation earlier on for the Yoast Academy thingy, and part of it was schema markup enriches the rich elements you see in the SERPs. Yep. And I was looking at the more I looked at it, you're saying actually schema markup creates yep. a certain number of these rich elements. And, and I've been shot down in flames, um, unfortunately, in France for saying that. Oh, so this is the real change that's happening. And I think once upon a time, they were just extra things. But Can now I ask a question? Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, How long ago was that rubbish? Um, <laughs> so you can timestamp it and say you were right. I reckon over the last 18 months or so, there's been a real shift. Phew. Where, yeah, you are. You're within the right bounding. Yeah, I was still within the 18 months. Good. Yeah, I think now they are creating it. And that's a really interesting shift because for a long time, historically, Google said, don't try and tell us what your content's about. We're deprecating meta keywords. Stop filling your text with white text and white backgrounds to trick us. We will pass and analyze it. And now they're calling back and saying, actually, it would be really helpful <laughs> if you explicitly marked up all of these micro components so that we can take that and use it in our own services because they are not capable of doing that themselves. It's too nuanced and it's too precise. Okay, well, oh, sorry, excuse me. What I keep saying to people, and maybe it's not true and you're gonna correct me then, is Google has already more or less understood the content of your page. Schema markup confirms and gives them confidence that their understanding is correct. And you're saying they haven't. I think they're close. I think it gives them precision as well. I think. Oh, right, okay. So they're, they're a big machine learning so, process. Sorry, so, so we can say, 
confirmation, confidence, and precision. Nice. That's excellent. I should get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I just came up with it. Wow, yeah. wow. But it's always in threes. That's yeah, it is. Every, everything about Google's in threes. <laughs> that was my mate from, uh, he's a teacher, and he said everything in threes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's right. So, I mean, it, immediately I got three, I just thought, I'll stop. That's nice. It's brilliant. It's really yeah, like easy. That. Anyway, so, so we have Google now saying everybody's got to use schema markup on their pages. Yep. We would appreciate it if. And there's a lot of carrots they're rolling out. They, um, every day they're rolling out carrots. Rolling out carrots. <laughs> Incentives for people to adopt. Like That's those. a really nice image, though. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's a conveyor belt of vegetables. Um, <laughs> no, new, new types of rich results, which you have to have the schema in place to get. And those are going to get more sophisticated, and they're going to start to rely on the kind of integration that we've got. They're going to do so at the moment. You get your product reviews, you get your local business. They're going to start to become more interesting, especially as they start to unlock um, things which are currently in closed beta, like the ability to book at a restaurant or to buy a product online. These are all tied into schema. Really, ooh, ooh. buy buy a product. Yeah, but they've got to know the price. They've got to know the relationship. Yeah, not that between Amazon example. I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up just, just to explain to anybody who's listening, I found a, a table that was pulling up an Amazon comparison table into the featured snippet, and it said a Bose headphone at $33,900. Bargain. <laughs> but it was actually 339 with the two little zeros spanned without the point in between. And it's Google tried to grab it out the HTML. It's made a mess of it. If it was in schema... Uh. So there's, there's yep. some bits they need to understand which they'll really struggle just by scraping. Things like, I might have... Brand A sells a product that's manufactured by brand B. Okay. And they need to understand that distinction in order to say this is a product by brand B that has this price and this reviews and these things. You can't get that easily from just crawling the web and scraping. You need the schema to understand. So okay. if they're going to start unlocking, I would like to book this restaurant online, I would like to buy this product, I'd like to deep dive into this app, it needs to be really, really precisely coded and managed and people aren't there yet. But they will be now they've got a framework. Yeah, no, exactly. And you're, you are incredibly happy and pleased to be a bit... I mean, it must be amazing to be affecting 14% of the web and actually driving this forward. I mean, I, I did the presentation. I'm doing a presentation tonight for you guys, and I hadn't really looked at Yoast properly, to be honest, and do apologise. I looked at it and you go, wow, 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 wow. And, and I was looking at... And the schema markup stuff and going wow that's so simple and so easy and i've got a slide that shows this incredibly complex code <laughs> and you're going took me 10 minutes if yeah. i'd written it by hand it would have taken me two hours and somebody would have paid me a fortune to do yeah. it uh, and that's absolutely brilliant it's one of the things we struggle with at yoast as a brand because so much of what we try and do is bury the complexity like part of the mission is make seo accessible and functional and easy for everybody and part of that isn't going wow look how technical and complex it is it's taking all of that incredible complexity and just putting it below the hood like we could have added bells and widgets and tools to allow people to juggle with this and click on it and see it all 99 percent of people who run websites don't want or need that and actually, that would be more harm than good. So, yeah, having some of the most sophisticated code I think I've ever seen completely invisible in a way that's quite hard to talk about and sell, but deployed across 14% of the web is pretty awesome. I think the other cool thing is yeah. it's going to go beyond WordPress. As we start to gain traction, we're open sourcing the standard that we've devised for how this is implemented really? itself. Yeah, like all the documentations oh, on the website, anybody could in theory do this. It'd be really nice to see this become the way in which schema is implemented on other CMSs, on Joomla. Joomla, Joomla, Joomla are going to do If Joomla is still around, they, if anyone from Joomla is listening, please come and sort some schema, but I suspect they're all um, all retired and... No, I'm, I'm hosting Typo 3. 
Oh, Typo 3 is really good. They're, um, they're a good player. Um, they're big and solid. I mean, I don't know much about it. And yeah, I'm it's presenting a really good day, So but... we've got a really great relationship with Typo 3. It's a very different animal to WordPress. Because it, um, it's incredibly enterprise. Yeah, and all, all very good for sites which have lots and lots of pages like hospitals and school or universities, things which really need to scale their content in a way that WordPress isn't always the best for. Like there, there are very few cases, I think, where WordPress isn't a good answer. One of them is we have an enormous website that needs to be managed by different teams in different ways that's sort of lots of moving parts Typo 3 is really good for that yeah and they've got um, we've got a Yoast implementation for them I don't think it has really? the schema stuff yet but it will do yeah we have a Typo 3 plugin it's on the website oh wow okay I didn't know that ooh ooh I can tell them <laughs> No, but I mean, I'm presenting at Typo 3 and I actually don't know enough about it. Um, so I'm kind of feeling a bit nervous because I'm going, ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't even use it. I've never seen it. Um, oh, grab it. It's, it's interesting. It's a different experience, but it's pretty cool. It's very much based on a page tree rather than um, the kind of WordPress experience. Which is based on? Uh, you might want to do eight different things and manage your whole website and juggle your users and have all these plugins. Which stuff. is part of the strength of WordPress and also part yeah. of the weakness. Yes, is, absolutely. Is you kind of say, no, I can do anything I want. Yeah, one size fits all. Yeah, and then you install loads of plugins and it all goes horribly wrong and you get plugin, <laughs> plugin blow. And Google are coming in and saying, uh, what's it called? Um, Sidekits and the other stuff. Uh, Lift, Swift, uh, Life, Swife, Life. <laughs> I, I don't know where this is going. No, they, they've got a, a thing where they're analysing all the plugins to see which ones have got plugin blog. And a, a, oh, yes, I and I also now can't remember the name of it. That's great. That's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> so anybody who's listening to this can please fill in the name. <laughs> yep. And, and, and Google are actually taking this WordPress thing incredibly seriously and saying, okay, oh, yeah. let's, let's clean up um, plugins yep. and let's make it faster and let's implement AMP and let's do AWS. Yeah, so and I saw your presentation, they're doing all that. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. why haven't they put schema markup in there? Why are they leaving you to do it? Um, so that's a very interesting question. Or I are you going to get... I think we got there first. I think there was, they are now obviously betting the farm on WordPress, like the scale and competency of that team is indicative of just how much they are seeing WordPress as the way they spearhead their new vision of the web into the web. I think we were working on Schema before that team had really come to maturation, and they have lots of other things to worry about. They are single-handedly developing and pushing AMP and PWAs and SiteKit and bits of Gutenberg and a dozen other things. Tide. Tide is the name. Indeed. Right, Not to please carry on. Sorry, I, I, it just came to me. <laughs> well done. Yeah, so they're also <laughs> doing that. Um, I know that behind the scenes, they're also trying to make it much easier to launch and manage WordPress sites. So things like they've got partnerships with hosting companies, so you can do one-click hmm. integrations. I think they don't... So that we've thrown a huge amount of developer resource at Schema because it's complex. And You've it's, got loads of developers yeah, as well. Yeah, armies of them, and they're very good. Um, but it's taken more time than I think that team would have. And it's also taken me and Yoast sitting down for weeks on end just to wrap our heads around how some of this should work. It's become a significant portion of our dev team's day-to-day -day job managing this and building it and extending it. I think more than Google could commit to at the moment. Okay, so your sleepless night last November, bored <laughs> sleepless yep. night, has, has turned out to be one of the now major investments of Yoast. Yes. And to the point at which Google is saying, oh, we'll leave you guys to it. Yeah, I mean, strategically, we talk about a big part of my job is working out where the web is going and what SEO is so that we deliver the right thing for whatever percentage of the web. I, I'm convinced that structured data is a huge part of that future, not only because Google are incentivizing it through all these shiny toys, but also because it enables the web to evolve. We can do new things when we have um, 
when we have the data exposed separately from the content. We can yeah. build new services. We can think about, it's really hard to think about because we don't have it yet, but it will be, the, the, the scale of change will be equivalent to the difference between web one and web two, where overnight we went from static web pages to interactive communities. Mm. This is the same kind of leap. We go oh, yeah. from interactive communities to interoperable data and it enables a new world. Can, can, I, can I make a small example of, I mean, uh, for me, this is, I book loads of tickets for planes and hotels and uh, the email comes into Google, to <laughs> Gmail and yep. it pushes up to my Google Calendar. Yep. And it saves me loads of time and I now rely on it. And that's an AMP email. Is it? And they're increasingly all of the internal emails from Google Calendar, from Google Drive, Google Docs and um, their own systems are AMP email. Okay. Which means they can have interactive content in them, they can update fluidly based on your interactions with them and other people's and not just be a chain of text. They can contain rich data and context and integrate with things. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that strikes me is that's something that two years ago just wasn't happening. No. And now it is. And it's very quickly I've become reliant on it. Yeah. Because as soon I can't as you get bothered. that connection and the standardization, it becomes the new norm. And that's exactly what we'll see with all this schema stuff. Brilliant. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, a completely different example. Google Maps is the same. And now I don't have Google Maps. I'm lost. <laughs> yep. And I mean, you, you look at it and you're going, how did I find coffee before? Yeah. And the answer is I found it fine. And, and, and this is the same. And the next step, Web3, whatever you want to call it, is schema markup on a large scale throughout the web where Google can actually link A and B, figure out these relationships and say this is... Understanding? Would you guys yeah. say understanding? Or at least whatever, a, a close proxy to it. I think one of the really interesting other things this achieves, and this is this might get me in trouble, but um, it also allows people who aren't Google to build some really interesting services on top of the web. Okay. So much of Google's USP and the thing that keeps them ahead is their titanic ability to crawl and process and index the web and understand what's on those pages. Okay. If it's all marked up in schema, crawling is much cheaper, storage is not as important, and understanding quote-unquote, becomes much easier. I could build a system that says, you know what, go get me the opening times and prices of every restaurant in Seattle in an hour hmm. because I know what to look for. I know which URLs to hit and I know what content I'm extracting. Now, it's reliant on them updating and keeping it right, but that's always the case. But if we can solve that bit, suddenly you open up an opportunity for competitors and new types of things on the web. Brilliant stuff. So, in fact, what you're saying is Google are digging their own grave. I mean, they will also do incredible things with it, and it will enable them to do more stuff, but it will certainly open the door for other and new types of competitors. I don't think any of them will kill or replace Google, but it will make the space much more interesting. That's brilliant. SEO is AO. Thank you, Jono. What do you do with people whose names don't rhyme? I look ashamed. <laughs> <laughs>